it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. This week we focus on Tasmania and specifically the upcoming local government elections. These are being held in October 2022 by postal ballot, which of course, as we all know, is completely inaccessible to people who are blind or vision impaired or who have other print disabilities. Work is being done in conjunction with Disability Voices Tasmania by Blind Citizens Australia's Tasmania branch, and we speak with the chair of the branch now, Duncan Meading. Duncan, accessible voting has been a concern for some considerable time. Why has it suddenly become an issue in Tasmania? I think this has been talked with um, the authorities by the blind and vision impaired community in Tasmania for quite a while, but it's really come to the fore because the voting has become um, compulsory, and that's then uh, effectively meaning that people that can't vote are being penalised for um, being sent something that's inaccessible in the mail, not being able to vote, and then getting sent another letter that then says uh, you are now getting fined uh, because we're uh, discriminating against you. That's effectively what's happening. Are you aware of why this was changed, why it was made compulsory, and why it was done in the face of the fact that uh, the Tasmanian Electoral Commission and all of the other electoral commissions across Australia would be well aware by now that uh, people who are blind or vision impaired or have any print disability are unable to avail themselves of the obligation to vote? I think we just weren't thought about, mm. um, and you can have uh, you can have intentional discrimination, and you can have unintentional discrimination. Uh, whether it's intentional or unintentional, it's still discrimination, um, and the, uh, uh, that's what's happened through that sort of oversight from from the from the authorities, and uh, that's what Blind Citizens Australia Tasmania branch and the Disability Voices Tasmania have both been uh, really lobbying for and pushing for that that gets changed. Where have you got to at this point and what's been achieved? Uh, so we have got a transitional situation uh, set up. Uh, uh, there's been anti-discrimination claims both in state and federal level lodged um, against uh, the TEC. Uh, that's also been happening alongside a media campaign. Um, and it was quite interesting because we've got a, a range of sort of activist background sort of advocacy sort of work that's been happening uh, in conjunction with that and um, it was quite interesting because we had a meeting on a Sunday and then by the Friday we'd had resolution that the um, TEC was going to do a stopgap measure effectively a, a transitional situation where there would be uh, impartial assistance uh, offered for one or two days across the different council uh, areas and that is quite an amazing um concession but it's not enough and we we really need to see things change effectively we got that situation because the local government act is very very stringent about it being a postal vote so they can't do an electronic one but uh you know and the, it's also been uh this in compulsory situation was also uh it was news to the T tasmanian electoral commission and pushed through pretty quickly as well so it was it's just a, a situation where um the tec is basically working with 
within the parameters of the Act at the moment. And uh, DVT, Disability Voices Tasmania and BCA Tasmania branch, are both uh, advocating with other organisations um, that the act, act needs to be changed and that we're going to work with the TEC to put in some recommendations of, of how that could um, happen in practicality sense and really trying to co-design that sort of concept and then make sure that it's not just a, a rush through thing done um, in terms of changing the act, but the act is changed in accordance with trying to actually be inclusive and uh, not discriminatory towards people with print disability. Let's talk a little bit about the stopgap measure as you refer to it. You talked about Tasmanian Electoral Commission staff being available in council offices for one or two days uh, in the lead up to the final day of the postal ballot. Explain the process. What do people need to do and how can they avail themselves of this opportunity to vote and what, what will they need to understand? Okay, so there's a, um, basically people should read the candidate statements that are up on their TEC website. Again, they've been quite collaborative in checking with Disability Voice Tasmania and BCA um, about the um, accessible nature of the documents and they've, they've uh, got quite an accessible um, HTML link to each council um, with the different candidates within those council uh, jurisdictions. So I really recommend people go and have a look at that um, and then uh, work work out the, um, obviously work out how they're going to vote a bit before they go in. You can't just rock up. Basically make a phone call to the TEC, book, book in a half hour appointment, uh, familiarise yourself with the candidates well beforehand um, and then go in and um, cast cast your vote with the with the cited impartial assistant. So this is not, to be clear, a secret, independent and verifiable vote, but it is a way of being able to vote without involving your friends or family or people who you may not want to know for whom you're voting and how you wish to cast your, your ballot. Yeah, so this is the closest thing we can get to an independent uh, secret verifiable vote at this stage, but it is not, and we're very clear that that it is not. But it is it is still a concession um, towards having it changed to have have something that's um, secret and independent, verifiable. It is definitely better than what we had, which was nothing. Mm. And what are the next steps from here? DVT and BCA are um, continuing to campaign to get uh, secret, independent, verifiable. Uh, voting to happen in Tasmania um, for the local government elections and we're going to continue to work with the TEC and we are continuing to support the complainants uh, in those discrimination cases cases uh, federally and uh, state-based. This is not uh, the final part of the campaign. We're looking to get that um, those uh, recommendations uh, come come about from meetings with DVT and BCA and the TEC and then be able to make recommendations to uh, those people in power that do change the Act. Tasmania is not the only place in Australia, of course, that has an accessible voting processes. To get the national perspective, we speak with Sally Orish, CEO of Blind Citizens Australia. Sally, you've heard Duncan's interview. Is this something that you're seeing quite often across Australia for local government elections? We are seeing this in other places, not just in local government elections, but also at the state election as well. We know in New South Wales uh, there will be a state election 
early in 2023, uh, and New South Wales residents have previously had access to iVote, which is a multifaceted approach to casting a vote, which did allow for a secret, independent, verifiable vote. That has recently been decommissioned uh, and will be replaced by human-assisted telephone voting, similar to what was used at the last federal election. But during COVID, we did see a number of measures put in place that really changed the way that especially local government elections were were held. Uh, And we're yet to see how many of those measures will be continued. And, And some of them were very similar to what's happening in Tasmania where elections were held purely by postal vote. And that certainly creates a lot of accessibility issues, both for people who are blind or vision impaired, uh, but for lots of other groups of people with disability as well. I guess the main uh, thrust of the argument in Tasmania currently is the fact that the voting has for this uh, local government election for the first time been made compulsory. What's happening across the country in terms of voting? Is is telephone voting the norm these days in terms of state and federal elections and why can't that be applied to local government? Unfortunately, at this point, I don't believe that there is a norm. Uh, So we have multiple pieces of legislation that govern how elections are held in each state, territory and also federally. And those those pieces of legislation, they differ greatly from state to territory to federal. Uh, Some of them do allow for the provision of telephone voting. And others don't. Uh, And in New South Wales, there was also the the provision for internet-based voting, um, but that won't be used in the future. So there is a lot of difference. Uh, Telephone voting is certainly one good option. There are some questions around whether that does constitute a secret, independent and verifiable vote. Uh, And and most people, including myself, do lean towards no when it is human-assisted telephone voting. Uh, However, there is the the keypad option uh, where you are sort of taken through automated prompts and that may be perhaps closer to uh, achieving a secret, independent and verifiable vote. What's Blind Citizens Australia doing in this space? I mean, we've been working in this space for quite some time now. What's happening currently? There is quite a few pieces of work happening currently. So I've mentioned some work in New South Wales around iVote, where we did raise a complaint with the Australian Human Rights Commission that's currently being conciliated. And I look forward to providing an update. Uh, We're taking part in the technology assisted voting review to look at different options that may exist to create that ability to cast a secret, independent, verifiable vote that also meets all of the standards for uh, cybersecurity. Um, And we're working with both the Australian Electoral Commission and the state and territory-based electoral commissions to continue to advocate for changes in legislation and for mechanisms to be put in place to be able to make sure that when people are required to cast a vote in a local, state or federal election, that they can do so in a way that is equitable to other people. There is uh, accessible voting available in other countries in the world. Is there a model that you think or a, a country that you think gets this right that we could uh, that we could borrow from? It's not the whole country, but one thing I have been made aware of in certain parts of the US is a closed loop kiosk. And these kiosks are 
designed accessibly. So they do have the um, the physical buttons that, that someone can use and they are located in polling stations. And so people can attend there. They cast their vote using the kiosk, but it actually prints out their vote. And then they can fold that ballot paper and place it into the ballot box, uh, just like someone who would complete their vote by handwriting on the, on the ballot paper. That certainly seems to be one option that is starting to be favoured by both disability advocates and cybersecurity experts, because it does seem to balance those two needs. And certainly something that we're doing some further research and investigation on. While we also talk to uh, member countries from the World Blind Union to talk about what's working or not working or what's planned for the future in the countries where they live, uh, to see if there's something that we can learn from across the world as well. This has clearly been an issue for a long time. I mean, it, I guess it's really been a fundamentally an issue since compulsory voting was uh, was first implemented in this country. Is this something that BCA would consider uh, mounting a class action about? It's certainly something that we discussed with the Public Interest Advocacy Centre. They're a community legal centre that focuses on social justice and human rights test cases. Uh, there are definitely a few barriers that would be in front of us if we did decide to ever go down that path. However, none of them are insurmountable if we really put our mind to it. So it's something that we'll keep in the back of our minds for, for the future. BCA is clearly doing a lot of work in this space. Is there a way that uh, members or interested people can contribute to the work of Blind Citizens Australia in this area? Yeah, absolutely. One of the key things that we need from people is to hear about their experiences. So if people have uh, an experience, good, bad or otherwise, where they've cast a vote, then we would love to, to know about it, know what worked and what didn't work. And be it a vote that was cast somewhere in Australia or internationally, if there's a different process that they've used that they would like to share with us, that information is really helpful in uh, helping us to de develop our position statement on things, but also to um, know what to research and and to gather some other evidence that we can present when speaking with the electoral commissions. Uh, so definitely hearing about other people's experiences. And if people do feel like they've been discriminated against and they would like to raise a complaint under the relevant state or federal uh, disability discrimination legislation, then we certainly encourage people to do that. And it would be great to hear from people if they do decide to go down that path uh, so that we can keep across the different uh, complaints that are being made. And if you live in Tasmania and would like to book in for one of those assisted voting appointments, you can call the Electoral Commission on 1800 801 701. That's 1800 801 701. If you want to have a look at the accessible candidate booklets on the website, the address is tec.tas.gov.au. That's tec.tas.gov.au. If you'd like to contribute to the work of Blind Citizens Australia on accessible voting across Australia, you can call them on 1800 033 660. That's 1800 033 660. Or you can have a look at the BCA website, and there is a voting policy on that website. The address, of course, is bca.org.au bca.org.au The all-important email address is bca at bca.org.au I'm Vaughan Benison. Take care. I'll talk to you again next week.